Hi and hello, watch fans, and welcome to another episode of The Real Time Show with me, your friendly neighborhood jeweler, Aloma Joseph. Today, I'm very excited and actually proud to welcome into the virtual studio my dear friend, Adrian Buchmann. Welcome, Adrian. Hello, Alon. How are you? I'm very good. Where in the world did I find you today, Adrian? Today, I'm in a BL city, uh, not so far from uh, actually the building of Omega. It's really good to hear you, as always. As always. We have met a while ago in relation to Sequent, a brand you co-founded and are CEO of, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. That's correct. It was always a pleasure to hang out with you, speak with you, seeing you in London, Amsterdam, Geneva, and now in uh, the, 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 the metaverse of podcasting. I actually have a zillion questions for you. I'm quite sure that one hour is not going to be enough. So I want to invite you up front to come back on the show again, please. Um, because you are such a multifaceted talent. Although you're very modest and polite and friendly and actually a nice guy. Um, I, I don't even know where to start. So maybe, Adrian, could you just run down quickly who you are, how old you are, and what it is that you actually do in the watch world? Okay, okay, that's uh, that's very clear. First of all, thank you for the for the next invitation. Well, let, let's do this 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 interview and and see if there is room for it. Talented, I don't know. Multifaceted, definitely yes. And and modest, uh, you have to thank my parents. They always told me to to keep low profile. So so yeah, if um, um tell to tell about me a little bit. I'm a, I'm a multicultural person, 35 years old, multicultural by the fact that I'm born from, from Spanish mother, Swiss, German, Italian father, grew up in Le local, so couldn't be more uh, ingrained in the watchmaking industry geographically. And my career started with watches when I was already, technically speaking, when I was 16, Philosophically speaking, uh, since uh, since I'm five, probably I say you five because my mom was working in the watchmaking uh, school of Lolok. So uh, I used to spend uh, my time going through the through the watchmaker's desk and CNC machines. Uh, uh, there's there's a weird thing when when you go to case maker and the oil of the CNC machine reminds you of the childhood. There's something specific about uh, about my background. And um, and yeah, uh, career started um, the first. Uh, you know, I've always been passionate about drawing and and making stuff um, and unmounting things and try to understand. So I'm a very curious person. You know, uh, unmounting a TV or TV remote controls or or whatever I could find and and watches later on. Uh, that that's something that uh, is uh, is the ultimate of my curiosity. Uh, kind of engineering mindset a little bit, but I love drawing and I love making also. And my first enter into the watch world was uh, was very simple. At the time, uh, I finished um, my studies and uh, I had a degree um, of, of uh, I done something that was um, it was called in Switzerland um, mediamatica, which is a mix um, between graphic designer and accountant and a web designer so uh, a lot of things that that job was to help little companies to 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 have a profile that can do a little bit of of everything so very suited for for small teams 
very much a self-starting type of uh, mindset also. But uh, I wanted to do design. I wanted to make objects. So I remember to send uh, at the age of 16, like 50 letters to all the wide run to say, hey, I'm, I would be curious to come and, and learn about what you do and how you do it. I, I mostly had uh, refusals, but a design studio based in Lolok at the time that was uh, owned by uh, Antoine Chumi and is still owned. Uh, the, the, the company was called Neodesis and, and basically opened his doors um, and he started to teach me all, all he knew. I mean, um, I became a designer by, by working on the field, so not, uh, not via the school. Uh, where I ended up teaching then uh, on occasions, but uh, yeah, I, I learned by doing somehow. Fantastic years, worked there 10 years, uh, worked for, for, for amazing brands um, of, of the one that are of public name that the studio was working at the time was brand like Global Forcey, uh, some of the, the, the Opus series um, and some more fashionable brands. So that was very interesting. Past Spectrum, and then somehow I told you I'm curious about um, expensive, not not expensive, about complicated uh, watches that end up being expensive because they're complicated. But is is not the expensiveness that interests me? Is the is the technical challenge? Um, we ended up getting very close to Jean-François Mojon, which you probably know, uh, founder of Chronod, uh, inventor of uh, some of. Uh, very well-known timepieces out there, uh, such as the, um, some of the MBNF and HYT systems and Opus series. So he's, he's a crazy watch uh, inventor. And we ended up uh, founding a little startup where the sole goal of it was to to promote new ideas for movements. And um, that, that's uh, I don't think there is any company that does this nowadays, but basically what we're doing is we're saying, okay, we want to make new type of movements. Selling movements sometimes is not easy at start, but we identify brands that we liked and uh, and started to create ideas and mechanical concepts and, and even to a point that have, um, you know, 3D printed movements, functional movements on the table and approach these brands without any contractual risk for any of the parties. Uh, so that was pure investment on our side of time and resources and say, hey, hello, um, we have some ideas for you. We think they're cool. Would you like to see them? You don't have to pay anything. And if you like it, well, we would be happy to uh, to build it for you. And that was, uh, that was great. Some, uh, some great project time got born out of this. Uh, even some some projects for 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 Hublot at the time and uh, some of Harry Winston. So that was a lot of fun. Then the most important happened. Uh, I met my wife. Uh, she was living in UK. Uh, I always left all my life in Lerlock. And uh, after a lot of travel back and forth, I decided to move to London and uh, and open a new chapter of, of my life. Uh, with her, uh, which I'm still in today, and uh, and obviously uh, moving to another place. Um, up to then, I only knew to do one thing: uh, make watches. So I was always taking uh, uh, the easy jet flights uh, back and forth to 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 Gatwick at the time, and I always saw these adverts of uh, that brand called Christopher Ward, which uh, I never heard of. Of my little world in 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 Lerlock. and they had some interesting 
complications on the adverts. You know, some world timer, a bit unusual, fully mechanical. And I was like, that that's interesting. What what are these guys doing? And I simply ring them and I say, I'm just curious to know about you. Uh, can I come and have a coffee? And uh, I had a coffee and at the end of the coffee, without much expectation, I uh, came back with a job. So everything was set to move to England. I've been living there six years. Um, and after a few years at Christopher Wood, I mean, something that was core to me is that I work with them and I build my own studio at the, at the same time, which is called Fusion, uh, where we work for other watch brands. And that's something that with my background coming from an agency and touching a lot of different projects, being solely focused on watch one watch brand is something that I would get bored. And that was a, that was a condition they accepted uh, as long as uh, we play on different price categories, uh, uh, that that wouldn't be that wouldn't be an issue, and uh, and yeah, as much as I uh, I worked and and built myself and hopefully build some of the product range there, so build Fusion as a as a design studio servicing uh, different brands, and then that brings us to to one of the one of the the person that I've been I've been working on uh, through Fusion was uh, was Chapek, and that's how I met. Uh, Harry, who was the founder of, uh, of Chapek, and he had that um, crazy idea of uh, making a smartwatch. And as you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a geek, uh, watch geek and tech geek, and all the uh, in all the sense of the word. I said, okay, why not? I have no idea about about connected watches. Um, there is something interesting. There is definitely ideas that can be developed, and uh, the starting goal was very simple: was you know, connected watches. The the battery sucks. Uh, I cannot put another word to this. Having an object you have to charge every day is uh, is annoying. Uh, we gave up uh, that freedom with with phones. I still remember phones lasting a month. Where now, if they last a day, you're already a very lucky lucky dude. And that was a yeah, fantastic um, adventure, and still is. To the point that um, fit my time between these two, these two universe. One, which is uh, making mechanical watches for different watch brands, and uh, I have a team of designers that are a fantastic team. And then uh, having Sequin, which is a, which is a, at the moment mainly a team of engineers from software to hardware to algorithm, even doctors' advisors. So so very different different world. That is now ready to ready to scale up. I mean, um, company still already does, you know, kind of close to the five thousand watches a year. So, still in in the starting blocks, but there is there is something there is an interesting story to write there. That's bring bring me to today. That that's that's more or less uh, more or less it. Well, you are an ideal guest. You have not spoken five minutes. It's almost uh, ten minutes, and thank you for that. It, there is so much to unpack there. So maybe let's start at the top. Would you classify yourself first and foremost as a designer? It is what I'm, I'm at heart. Does mean um, designer or or lateral thinker would be the the two descriptions. And the fact that I'm uh, I'm the person to put in a meeting with uh, with a CEO, a decision maker, uh, ideally. Uh, a technical guy or watchmaker 
and myself and one one holding some kind of vision the other one holding some technicalities and me kind of throwing the ball back and I, I think I'm 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 pretty decent at that to take the ball modify it and adjust it and and uh, you know pen and paper is still my main tool I would rather ro- work only with a with a flip chart and pen and paper than with emails and zoom uh, uh, so people around the table some ideas sketches three people four maximum that's how you make great projects in my in my opinion so maybe I guess you spend a lot of time on sequent maybe let's start talking a bit more about sequent please so it's actually amazing because you guys have a connected watch that runs on kinetic energy. It has a rotor. We wouldn't call it a mechanical movement, but it reminds me of the old Seiko calibers that wind a spool, basically. Can you elaborate a bit more what sequent is and, and what makes you guys different from all the rest? What makes us different technically is, is exactly what you described. So... Instead of having a connected watch with a screen and uh, a battery you need to recharge with a, with a power plug, we have an analog watch without any screen. Everything is indicated traditionally with hands. And then we have a rechargeable um, kinetic system. So uses prints kind of the visual of, a, of an automatic watch but technically speaking, it's a generator and works like a generator. And uh, it's something that uh, we haven't invented kinetic watches. Uh, Seiko and, uh, and Swatch Group with Kinetron have done the autoquats. Uh, still to today, both of them said that they were the first. Um, I still haven't found the real truth, but I wouldn't be surprised that they just come up with the same idea executed a little bit differently technically at a similar time. Uh, and that's something that's something not completely unusual uh, to see brands coming with with an execution of something that has um, uh, a close uh, idea route. And I'll take you an example that was, uh, it was very funny. I don't know if you remember the Opus series that Max have started at Harry Winston at the time. I've been lucky to be part of the Opus stand with, uh, with uh, Mojon, Antoine, and Harry Winston. And that was a planetarium system with with a GMT on the outside, and you had four discs always rotating through twenty four hours and always remaining orientated. Does mean the hour dial always have the twelve at top. And uh, the same year, the same Basel world, the same date, Ressens was launching uh, their watch, the, the the really cool watch. Uh, I'm a big fan of of of, uh, of Benoit Benoit work, and the principle is is pretty much the same it's a planetarium uh, mechanism and yeah it just happened that uh that um few people in different parts of the world came up with a with a similar principle but executed differently so yeah coming back to to sequin and the and the kinetic i think that's what happened between kinetron and seiko at the time what we have done is that what has been developed at the time couldn't be applied to to a smartwatch uh or connected watch because connected watches work on Bluetooth and they need a lot of voltage, uh, so they need a lot of power. And what we done is we took that um, that principle, if I say so, and we simplified it to make it up to twenty times more performant than than before. 
And the solution was super simple. It took us a long time to get there, but the solution for us was to remove the gears of uh, of uh, the Seiko Kinetic or, or of the Auto Quartz, which allow us to remove friction and give us space to add a big rotor and a big stator and a big magnet. Uh, so oversizing everything up to generate more power. So that was one key of our technical solution. And the second key was to consume very, very little power. Ultra low power is not even enough of a word to describe what we do. You know, uh, for those that doesn't know what sequence look like is, is a watch that have hour and minutes. And at the bottom, you have an activity tracker or a heart rate monitor, depending the mode you are on. And the watch to have just the hour minutes and activity tracker for a full 24 hours would consume per day one eighth of a second of a 10 watt LED light bulb. So let me repeat that. One eighth of a second of a 10 watt LED light bulb. So even if you switch that light on and off within a second, that would be already 10 times more energy than our watches use. So that's how little we make it work. And um, we achieved to do this by clever engineering on electronics algorithm that we have developed uh, ourselves yeah that was a that was a that was a whole journey of of you know um, building a watch but then it's more than a watch it's got an app and and bringing people of a software team speaking to people with a with a hardware team all of this is is absolutely fascinating i mean if you like development and engineering you know it's um it's just um a different type of angle to to mechanical watches, but the the joy is uh, is, is 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 the same to develop. And now now Sequin is at the stage where we have done great engineering. We started to have a bit of fun on some of the models we launched. Actually, I think we connected through one of the models that we launched uh, via um, the god of of watch publications, Serge Mayer and Europastar, because I, I remember you. You've seen the smartass watch of Romaric. That was uh, us giving us the the rights of of doing something nobody else would do uh, uh, on a on a connected watch uh, to bring in Lastero. And I think that's a that's the edge that we're building now slowly into sequent is 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 not a it's not just a watch to count your steps. It's a, it's another it's, a, it's another way to motivate people to to do activity but with fun you know i'm i'm not a fan of of kind of objects giving you orders and say you have to do this and this but if we can play with some fun facts um and and fun products that people are enjoying to wear and listen to i think there is great things that can be done uh and again we are on the start of that journey i'm not a uh i'm 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 a maker i'm i'm probably a terrible communicator and marketer uh, but we're getting help on this to you know to bring the i would call it the red bull factor into into the brand thank you so much and again you're a good communicator because you took it down another 10 minutes so thank you for that for our listeners <laughs> that want to uh google or find the watches while they're listening sequent is spelled s-e-q-u-e-n-t and the website is sequentworld.com which spells s E-Q-U-E-N-T-W-O-R-L-D.com. I've, I actually own one. I've tested it, worn it. You guys really make a real watch. 
think that today you guys are Swiss made, right? We are not yet Swiss made. Not uh, yet. With, not yet. But this is this is uh, definitely a goal. So uh, we embark on our whole discussion with the FHS regarding the regulation on the Swiss made on what we do because it's a new category. Some of some of the areas are not defined and things are very well defined for quartz and for mechanical, but they are a little bit uh, blurry regarding, um, uh, you know, chips and some of the components on the electronics because, uh, you know, Switzerland has some electronic know-how. There is some capacity, but it doesn't have the power to develop uh, some of the chips that um, you can find in Taiwan or Japan or or South Korea. So even if there is sometimes alternative, there is alternative that are, that are not necessarily matching uh, our 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 brief of, of consumption because that, that that's the key for our product to work is we need ultra low consumption chips basically and um, power management um, elements. So so yeah, it's on the roadmap. Find the partners. We are already. Uh, there to 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 kick started, um, uh, but obviously that kind of things need funds. So we, we we have been fundraising and making sure that we have enough uh, firepower to get to the Swiss made because we think that's the right thing to do. It's, I'm not sure if it's gonna necessarily be the right thing in terms of marketing, but uh, somehow we feel that um, somebody has to do it uh, and 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 make it Swiss made. And uh, with all what we build, I think we're in a, in a decent position to do this. So yeah, watch your space. For those that are investors who want to be investors. Reach out to me. That's the, that's the quickest way. On LinkedIn or should they message the, the real-time show Robo and I and we'll connect you or how do you want to go about that's uh, so either by you or either directly to adrian at sequin.ch uh, and adrian is spelled a-d-r-i-a-n uh, and at sequin sequin as, uh, as you spelled it before always always keen to to get some more minds uh, around the table I'm, I'm very lucky we have some some great shareholders uh, already already around uh, that helped us you know friends and families uh and uh, I, I do believe in 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 enriching conversation and connections on projects. And uh, as much as I am quite narrow focus on on being small teams to develop products, then on how to enhance and how to build up on companies, I do believe that having multiple feedbacks is definitely beneficial. And uh, sometimes is is what is said that is important or what is not said that is important. You know, long silence can tell a lot of things. You've been doing Sequin now for about six and a half years, if I'm not mistaken. And, and in, you're in the UK now for eight years doing Fusion with a Z, F-U-Z-I-O-N. And, and also, I think you bear the title head of product designer, Christopher Ward, right? So yeah, a few years back, I, I left. Um, you know, technically, technically speaking, uh, I was an employee of Christopher Ward, uh, and then uh, I left to be to be just a consultant, uh, a design consultant. But uh, my my title uh, remained there, and in in whatever um, watch venture I'm involved in, um, I. I always work like I, I'm, I'm an internal person uh, as much as possible. I, I'm, I'm kind of 
non-fan of, um, you know, consultants come and go and they have their own agendas. Uh, but if you if you're willing to commit and understand how the inside works, and obviously that requires also a partner to be to be quite sharing on how their inside works, I think that's where you can do the best uh, uh, the best consultancy job because um, you understand the the core opportunities or problems or improvement possibles and uh, and 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 yes, yeah, so so I still bad that that title uh more more as a simplification for for teams to understand uh, that, that that i'm part of the team but uh even with the other brands i work with i always work like uh like uh, they're my own brands or or that i'm employed by by them uh i'm, I'm a product passionate and and people passionate so so if you want to do great products you you, you need um, great people interacting well together and and removing the barriers of of uh, is external is internal you cannot say this you can say that uh, does become too political and uh, something uh, i really am not a fan of of politics uh, this is not my game and definitely not my game either that's why i like to hang out with you and i get along with you um i want to talk about a bit about fusion and 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 what brands you've designed for and, and maybe let's start off what design are you most proud of today? Let's start with that. You put me on the spot. I mean, it's, it's like choice, choice, choosing your, your, your favorite. I mean, uh, okay, the comparison with child is, uh, you know, I, I love my child more than, than, than whatever watch I've done. Let, let's, let's, be, let's, be, let's be clear about that. Uh, but there is not one that I love the most. Um, uh, uh, all I like them all for just different reasons because they do different things. Um, so so at the time um, when I was working for some of the some of the high end complication uh, at Neodesis, uh, I loved them very much. And then I've been involved in doing more enterprise uh, watches, and I love them as as much. Um, you know, I think. What I love the most is 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 ultimately is the people having joy to to get the watch for themselves. That that's 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 what matters the most. Is is because at the end of the day, all of this world that that we're living into, uh, if I do products to, I could do products to please the brands. So I think the challenge sometimes is to make products that the customers of the brands will enjoy. That that's the key because. They are the one making all of this reality. If if there is not somebody at the end of the chain opening the wallet, taking the credit card out, none of us exist. And I think uh, sometimes people tend to forget this, but uh, they are making our industry possible. So I try never to forget that. Uh, I, you know, I work for brands, um, but I work for customers. Okay, so you said I put you on the spot, and that's my task. I'm a wannabe journalist, and the real-time show is about real talks, about real watches. So I'm going to push your envelope. So what design was an epiphany for you? Or what design that you did made your career? Or which one are you most proud of? I, I don't think it's one of your children. I don't think you can use that metaphor. Maybe if you're a brand owner and people ask you, oh, in a, within a brand, which one is your favorite, which one sells the best? But since you kind of have a helicopter view, and 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 for designers, I think it's different. You guys 
are under non-stop pressure to come up with new stuff. I, 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 on the one hand, envy and look up to designers like you that are truly creative and that constantly come up with new stuff because the longer we roam this planet, the more difficult it is to create new stuff because so much has been done. And, and I'll not say that even creativity doesn't exist in the context of artificial intelligence coming up. Um, and they are able to create stuff, right? Like art, compose music, write poems, and even create designs. Um, um, so you can also mention a few, if you want, Adrian, just walk me through your evolution of, of key points of designs, or maybe start mentioning what brands you can say you work for. I know that most of you designers are under uh, confidentiality contracts that you can't speak freely, but please walk us through a few, uh, timelines of yours. Yes, you're right. I mean, um, um, as I work mainly on 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 the shadow, if, uh, if if you want to say some of them, I cannot mention, and uh, which is a shame for the for the podcast and the and the people listening to it. So so that's um, yes, but the the answer quite complicated. Uh, in in the brands that uh, that um, I'm the most associated with, uh, if uh, if you look for me, I guess uh, Christopher Wood, Chapek, and um, and uh, and sequence is where you would see most of my name associated. It doesn't always represent where I've been the most um, involved necessarily, um, because some of other brands have been have been doing a lot of work for many years. But um, uh, as you said, under confidentiality, have to be in the background, which is a position that doesn't disturb me. I don't um, I don't need the light if you if you see or the or the spot on me, because um, the the whole purpose is again the end customer and make them happy. But um, yeah, and the choosing choosing a favorite watch, you you you, you know, I I think I have more favorite watches of of watches of other people than than my than than the one I've been involved to. Terrible thing to say. Yes, so so back when I was in Switzerland, um, Chapek started to work with uh, with Antoine at the time, and I've been involved into their project since day one. So that was back eight years ago, or probably even even more now. Um, and uh, yeah, probably uh, probably close to ten years when when the inception of it was was happening, and I still I still remember to go first time on a meeting to 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 meet the the, the Chapek team and uh you know I have something I'm 35 but I I, I look like I'm 16 that there's a there's a bit the reality I'm, uh I still get asked my idea when I go to a shop so imagine 10 years back I was really looking like a like a like a teenager so I go to my first it was a big meeting you know big design presentation and after the meeting my my boss received a call uh from Xavier and is like uh look the meeting was, was very good the presentation was very good but uh 
we're very worried that uh, you 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 send you send the kids to the meeting. Uh, yeah, that that was a that was a, an interesting uh, interesting journey. One way or another, I've been involved in most of the models uh, since day one. Obviously, you know, like uh, like in other design areas, you you're not the only one to work on a specific product. There is, there is generally a team, and um, and uh, sometimes you know the design is is born sometimes also of communication. So Xavier is as much as designer as, as I am. Probably the difference is that uh, I hold the pen. Uh, uh, slightly better to express the ideas, but uh, I think some of the best ideas that uh, that came on with uh, with uh, with him was uh, probably at uh, at two o'clock in the morning when we call each other to to start to bounce bounce some ideas. And uh, the one that I've been most notably known for is the Antarctic, and I think that's also a one that definitely changed. Um, the size and the scope of the brand and uh, started to gain visibility, you know, launched it in, in full pandemic. Uh, 2020 sounds, sounds like it's 10 years ago, the, the start of the pandemic, not so long ago, but, uh, you know, at that time, everybody in our industry, so that was the, going to be the end of the world. Uh, no shop opens, uh, does mean no customers taking the credit card out, does mean none of us exist. But somehow they pull it off. So, so walk me through that process. So the world is on uh, lockdown. Was the design brief make an integrated bracelet watch? Or did this idea float in your head or your team's head or all of you at Chapek or whomever worked on the project? Ha- walk me through it. The brief was the following. Coming from, from, uh, from the fans and aficionados and shareholders of the brand, you know, they had the Kiddeberg, very nice classical watch, uh, the Place Vendôme, uh, very nice classical watch, but uh, at 100,000 plus. And they all had the issues like, oh, I cannot wear these watches to go to the to the beach or, or do a family activity. They, they, they're not suited for the purpose of being active. It's kind of the brief, how you make... Um, uh, Daily beat is not the right definition, but how you make a one that is a bit more versatile in different situations, and that doesn't, uh, you know, that 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 would go well with uh, with shorts as much well as when you you are more casual or more formal. You know, there is not many watches that fit this whole kind of purpose area. Probably uh, some of the um, of the submariners or explorers that um that are worn in any occasion, I would say. Uh, and then you have um, integrated watches, so still bracelet, which is interesting, with what uh, Genta have done with the integrated uh, watches. And that's, these are watches that are worn in many situations. I think the fact to remove already the, the, the threshold strap, um, alligator, or, or, or more simple leather, remove it from removes the watches from that kind of classical category or if you use NATO's it's go more explorer. So the you know, straps are a big part of the watches, sometimes seen as an afterthought when you develop a watch, but they're they're fully part of a watch. Um and you know, one of one of the one of the starting points was okay, you need to have a bracelet. And then different routes have been evolved from this and um for a long time it was two different routes actually kind of on the table possible. One which is a was a a watch with with lugs, um, but with a bracelet. Another one, which was a 
a watch uh, without lugs, so more integrated, or let's say it's without that step between the lugs and the bracelet. So everything feels like one piece. And I think um, if if I remember in, in one of your podcasts, uh, Xavier presented that in uh, to, to his board, and they all said, oh, I have to do the one with the lugs. But somehow they all wanted that he does the other one, but the other one was a bit more of a risk. And, uh, and the risk would have been to be to be not enough different or be too much associated with some of the Genta iconic watches. Because, um, you know, since since the Royal Oak and the Nautilus, there is a lot of integrated watches in the market. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a type is a new type of watch that I've been really building up. Um, probably because of the rarity of the big ones, so that presented an opportunity for other people to to come around, and also because of of what customers uh, were looking for. So, thank you for raising the topic of the Epic Gerald Genta. Um, an intermezzo question for you: Do you look up to late Mister Gerald Genta, and do you take inspiration from that? Yeah, of course. Or, or couldn't I? Sure. Well, you could. You you could not. There, are, there are people who aren't. But okay. So you mentioned him. Now, when you had that brief, did you see that as a tremendous pressure on your shoulders? So the metaphorical atlas, so the the god that carries the world on shoulders. Did you see it as a big mountain you had to climb, or did you bite into this challenge and were you excited to take it on? Both feelings. Both feelings. Because because compliments to you guys. I mean, there. I I think that two brands and two models deserve a prize and maybe three, which is for me the Octo Finissimo, the Octo within Bulgaria, Fabrizio Bonamassa, did a successful modern modern take of integrated brace models. It is Moser H Moser C with the Streamliner created a total new integrated bracelet watch, and so did you guys. I mean. You could say it is a reincarnation of Gio Genta, which it isn't. But you just said that uh, with uh, the Royal Oak and the Nautilus, which obviously, and Adrian doesn't mean that they were launched recently because they're designs from the early 70s, but they have been very popular the last decade, decade and a half. So that's, I guess, what you meant to say just earlier on. Absolutely. Um, so... Walk me through, I call it the U link, and my dear Rob, my fellow co-host of The Real Time Show, calls it the C link. What do you call it? It's a C link uh, for Chapek. Otherwise, it would be a U check. (laughs) (laughs) So, darn, Rob, you were right, and I was wrong, but I still see a U in it because you look at it horizontally, uh, vertically, not horizontally. Anyways... Um, Adrian, I don't want to get into a fight with you on the show right now. How long did it take you guys to actually come up with this design? Was this a uh, lightning bolt hitting you, or did you have a long writer's block? I think the development took uh, took almost uh, eighteen months, and and, and um, you know, eighteen months is not like every day on it, hundred uh, percent, but it's always there floating. And at the same time as designing the case and the watch and the dial, uh, the design of the um, uh, of the movement was started at the same time. So uh, I remember they were looking for a watch constructor to 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 make the movement technically happen, uh, and 
the world is small in the watchmaking. Uh, that's that's where I knew uh, Daniel Martinez uh, from uh, from previous uh, uh, work experiences. Uh, fantastic uh, movement uh, movement designer, um, which you know was uh, was also starting on the project on the movement. So everything everything had to come somehow together. Uh, so while being independent element so you know there is a big study on movement design and how the bridges should that take form and hundreds of, of trials and, and different iterations while at the same time work on the braces on the case on the down and ultimately all of this needs to be coherent and uh and speak the same language so yeah 18 18 months uh, i think that's what it took us to do everything probably even 24 months to prototype. So let's go to Christopher Ward. Same question. What projects did you work on at Christopher Ward? So since I joined them in 2014, I believe, yes, I joined them to do everything uh, from A to Z. So for a long time, I was uh, I was uh, a lone designer. I mean, they, they used to have a designer, um, a Fraser at the time, uh, amazing guy. What he done for the first ten years of the brand is is incredible because he's a self taught uh, watch designer without any guidance, uh, nothing. I mean, th- that guy was a was a playground uh, designer before, so it tells you the the world he come in uh, from very big and for kids to very small for well, still kids but adults. And um and yeah, uh, they 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 wanted to to kind of. St- step up uh the 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 design kudos at chris ford and as i said they had they had amazing things on the table you know um johannes yenke uh which was the the, the movement uh designer there he made them an in-house movement you know at the time no micro brand uh, because they were in the micro brand category was doing in-house movements that, that would have been crazy um, but they've done that. I want to jump in quickly, very quickly, for their listeners that don't know this English brand. It's spelled C H R I S T O P E H E R, and then Ward W A R D, and the URL is the first and last name dot com. Is this a living person or is this a mashup of something, Adrian? And I believe they're D two C, right, direct to consumer. They don't have retail or their own boutiques. Absolutely. So so. The company have been founded by by three guys: Peter Ellis, Mike France, and Christopher Ward himself. All three coming from the retail world, having work on on toy retails. So two of them they used to own that company called the Early Learning Center. They were they were the largest. They were kind of the Toys R Us of uh, of England somehow. And uh, and Chris coming from uh, from more apparel and working for Reebok and all of this. And um, you know, kind of, they are they had the the success story, and they done the three weeks holidays. I guess uh, once you done some exit and you have success, you do your 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 old tour, and then you get probably a little bit bored, which is what I believe happened to them. And they kind of reconnected and said, okay, what what can we do next? Because they were they were hungry of adventures and 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 doing something they decided to go on watches probably for for two reasons the first one is because it's small so it's quite convenient uh you know uh, you don't need big warehouses and and all of this so you take other industries um this can become a bit cumbersome and uh this they they had some um 
some insight from the industry that the multiple practice in the industry, eight times to 10 times, and sometimes I even seen in my career up to 20 times factor. So between what it costs and what an end consumer pays, that's the multiple factor. And, um, and they base the business model on a very simple principle, which is, well, if we, if they sell direct to consumer, does mean they can still have um, a business that does a, a certain margin. Um, and they communicate very openly. They do a factor of three. Uh, but simply because there is no retail in between. The experience is different. I cannot compare it to traditional retail as you are involved in, uh, Alan. Not sure if you communicate that widely in the show that you 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 are watch retailer also. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everything is transparent on the real time show. There's a real talks. We talk about everything. Perfect. Um, so there's nothing hidden, and uh, what you see is what you get. Okay. okay. So so Adrian, talking about these low price points, uh, my favorite watch is the C1 Belcanto. Yes. A, did you work on that? Yes or no? And B, walk us through that watch a little bit. Why is it so spectacular and why am I in love with it? So, yes, I, I, I worked in it. And, um, and the, the Bel Canto started, um, actually, uh, Christopher Wood has, as you said, is a, is a, is a Swiss-English company. They have uh, offices in, in Switzerland and offices in UK. UK does design, distribution, marketing, and Switzerland does um, engineering, making, production, assembly, uh, quality control. Uh, and, um, and, um, they also do, um, watches and movements for Meister Singer. And the project was born over Meister Singer module. So um, if I rewind back, Christopher Wood have been doing module. So kind of an additional, uh, movement on top of an existing Silita or in-house movement that has a special complication. That's what we call a module. And they had the jumping hour that was used for Christopher Ward and for some other brands. And uh, at a certain point, um, I, I don't know exactly who, somebody said, oh, why don't we do a derivation of the jumping hour uh, to a gong? Because every hour, the hours jump, so we can use the same energy to have a, to have a hammer eating a gong to make a sound. And they done a first kind of version for, for Meister Singer, was invisible and uh, under the dial. Aesthetically, a module, very efficient, but not not very pretty. And um, and somehow sitting with my colleagues, uh, Will Brackfield, who is now uh, uh, leading most of the designs at, at Christopher Wood, and, uh, and Jörg Bader, who is the product, uh, the head of, uh, of product at, uh, at Wood, so that was something interesting that kind of a challenge. How can we make this exciting and pretty and fun uh, uh, and show that there is there is some uh, watchmaking edge uh, at, the, at a different price point? And, uh, and that was a whole journey. It also lasted, um, you know, uh, another 18 months, 24 months of, of, of throwing the ball left and right to make sure that... Uh, that um, that uh, we can get to something. And the key was to make the complication understandable. And something that you don't see, and that's going to answer your question, why you think is, is interesting is, I think you can look at it and understand how it works. And the way we've done it is we only focus on a few elements. And when you see it moving, you see these elements, the right elements just um, 
interacting with each other. So, so uh, you don't look at it like a like a complicated chronograph and say, "Oh, this is complicated. It's complicated to understand." We work really hard to make it simple to understand, uh, and then to make it perfectly symmetrical and uh, and work on the volume. So all of these keys put together, I think, made it the the success uh, for the brand. It has been transformational for the brand, I must say. Uh, that um, a single watch completely changed um, their size and and um, and the perception of the public. Yeah, well done, because it really elevated the game. And now you guys shook up the industry a little bit, because I kind of need to wrap up, but I have one hot potato I need to deal with. As you might know, we have the Real-Time Show Network. It's a group of uh, watch collectors, listeners, industry insiders, and even other designers as well. And one of them sent a question to our mailbag for the weekly Tuesday episodes, which are the Q&A episodes that Rob and I do. And on the day that Christopher Ward launched the 12, so that's their newest model, um, he immediately said, yeah, doesn't it look like a Chapek? And I don't know if he knows that you are involved with both brands and maybe there's similarities there. Um, I personally think it, it has a vibe of a bit of a Tissot PRX, the lunette, the bezel, a bit of Zenit Defy. So there's a big mashup. So... My first question to you is: Were you active on the twelve project? Yes or no? Yes, yes. Uh, I've yeah. been I've been active on the on the twelve project. Uh, okay. Some... Would you Would you say that there is a bit of a vibe of these brands in there? Absolutely. I mean, um, I I can't remember which comment uh, I read online, but um, yeah, uh, PRX, uh, the Defi, the Laureato, the AP, the Chapek. I mean. You know, there is there is a lot of codes of what makes an integrated watches as we know it today, in a way or another. I think it's quite funny that, you know, if you if you come from a specific um, watch fan, if you're a fan of Tissot, people see it as a Tissot. If you're a fan of a uh, of a Defi, you see it as a as a Defi, and um, and the fact that they all say this is kind of questioning. Well, then if you think. It, the 12 is like the DeFi and somebody else think is like the PRX. So are you saying that the two, the, the PRX and the DeFi are the same? Not necessarily. So that, that was very interesting to, 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 to see the reaction online, I must say. Um, okay, so, so what struck me as odd initially, it was called the 12. So I assumed there was a big number 12 on the dial. There are no numerals <laughs> on the dial, only indices. What, what does the name stand for? Because it's a, it's a dodecagon bezel and backplate. So the same as, uh, a, as, a, uh, as Zen, it has also the 12 plan, but um, uh, 12-sided bezels go back to a long time. I think a Beaume Mercier back in the... In the seventies, they with already the classima. Yeah, with the classima, they yeah. they had uh, yeah. the dodecagon. So it's yeah. it's a number that makes sense okay. for a watch. Okay, and and tell me something. Could we state that if your budget was bigger and the ticket price could have been higher, could it have been a more original design, or am I insulting you by saying that? Yeah, no, you 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 you. you insulting me i'm never gonna speak to you ever again no, i'm kidding but <laughs> <laughs> uh, no but do you do you catch my drift because i imagine 
the most difficult line a designer has to walk when it's not creating a solely 100% proprietary project for her or himself is how do you balance the expectations of your customer, so the company you work for, and your own uh, design DNA, your design code, your design wishes, your design dreams, your originality, your authenticity, because you basically put a bit of your DNA in everything you design, right? But you always try to make something new. Um, honestly, I kind of understand all the feedback in the industry. I don't see much of originality in the watch, but since I'm born and raised in this industry and I am a commercial guy and I am a marketeer, I understand what Christopher Ward wanted, did, and what the design brief might have been. I haven't seen the design brief. And obviously I'm walking a, 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 a delicate line here because I don't want to offend you. I don't want to offend Christopher Ward. I think it's amazing what they've done and they're doing. Um, but, but I kind of understand rather surprised response from consumers and in the trade we often say a beautiful watch is a sold watch okay so that's not a uh objective rule of thumb of beauty and and uh if something is good or bad or beautiful or ugly right so that's from a commercial point of view so i reckon this watch sells well um of what i've heard uh it sells very very well but it's mostly because it's a thousand ninety five euros retail for a watch that's with an automatic movement. I haven't held it in my hands, and I've decided a few years ago that I'm never going to be explicit in my ruling of what I find of a watch until I've held it in my hands. Because even I literally grew up in this industry, I'm thrown off by images, three D images, renders. Uh, even augmented reality. From now on, I don't make the decisions until I've held the watch. So full disclosure, I haven't held the 12. But would you agree with those that say, hey, this is very Antarctic-ish or not? And what's your answer to that, dear Adrian? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, you hold them in, in, in hands, you know, the the... The Antarctic is 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 it's a refined watch, and I say this because the lines are curvy, and and uh, it's got a whole work on the top of the surface and the bracelet to be to be soft and dome and delicate, and and you see that even on the movement how it's done. You know, it took inspiration of 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 old Chapek movement and do the paint to do separate bridges and and bridge really really fine fine lines to everything that is done there where the Christopher Wood watch is is a little bit more aggressive in the sense that the lines are straight and is is a is is playing you know in my in my opinion is playing closer to 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 a rare oak in the fact that that everything is so straight but with the simplicity of a movement maybe of a parex or of a bulgari so you you should own them in your hands to see the difference. Um, uh, they they're not playing in the same category at all. One one is is pure high end uh, fine watchmaking. Uh, the other one is good quality watchmaking accessible for everybody. Is is and and you see that when you hold it in your hands. Um, two are great quality products, but they don't go 
in you know doing the case of of the chapek is a way more complicated case to do than the the Christopher Ward. Could you sorry to interrupt you? Could you say it's a tribute or a wink at, or you don't no. even want to go? You don't want to go there. No, no, I, I, it's it's never. You know the the funny thing is that Christopher Ward has been doing an integrated was on the table for a long time with with bits of sketches here and there. But they do so many watches and so many releases that um uh, never been the 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 right time. And um, yeah, things just just happened that you know the real reason why they decided to go there is because they have seen a shift in how people are buying classical watches. So they used to have a big classical range and classical watches have been declining for them, technically speaking. And there has been a raise of bracelet watches, which is quite interesting because you see this going on on the market. Uh, you know, if I was a, a pure classical watch brand, uh, I would feel a little bit insecure nowadays because that's not how people are wearing the watches. Um, formality kind of, fade away and that's that i believe why bracelet watches are are raising and the ultimate bracelet watch it is an integrated watch in my own opinion because the lines are flowing beautifully between the keys and the bracelet interesting and while listening to you i'm looking at the website on the christopher ward website and on the 12th page and then literally there is a whole article dedicated to gerald genta which they called the picasso of watchmaking so would you say it's a tribute to Genta then? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I, but I would say that any integrated watch in the market is a way or another a tribute to Genta watch. He invented the genre. I mean, to a little caveat, if you go back in time, there is uh, a Rolex called the Rolex Texan released in nineteen seventy one or two. Mm-hmm. That ha- that is unnamed uh, out there, and there is, I think, the Rolex UFO that was even a little bit before, not kind of integrated somehow. So, but you know, Genta is the one that made it uh, made it big and and makes the icons out of it. And I think everybody that has an integrated watch goes back to the root of of this. Is is uh, they are all a version of or an interpretation of. Uh, but and and nothing nothing wrong with that is like, you know, some great artist invented surrealism, and then you have a lot of great artists uh, coming on the back of it that done their own version of. Not saying that these 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 pieces are less interesting; they're just different. Very interesting, and I can go on for hours because you actually opened Pandora's box right now. But <laughs> sorry, I want to put her back. In, no, no, no. Thank you for that. I want to put her back in the box. I'm now 100% convinced you need to come back on the show. I really hope you would like to. I want to wrap it up now. I want to thank you, Adrian, so much for sharing so openly and 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 taking the heat from me and our dear listeners. I want to thank all our listeners as well for today's episode, all the other episodes that you've been rating the podcast, subscribing, and sending in those questions. Please keep them coming. You can find Rob on Instagram at R-O-B-N-U-D-D-S or email him at rob at therealtime.show. You can find me on Instagram at A-L-O-N-B-E-N-J-O-S-E-P-H or email me alon at therealtime.show.